1: What's going on, fellow? Sports betting season is in full force with the NFL year officially here, which means you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS have been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base, and they have loads of bonuses that you can take advantage of. Join now at BETUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using our code CHICAGO125. BetUS is known as America's favorite sportsbook for a lot of reasons. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures, And odds. You can also bet on college football games, PGA golf, UFC matches, and more. They have every bet type imaginable, and BetUS, their sharp mobile platform, it's easy to use with full betting options. So follow my lead, get on your phone, online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on that 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. We're just a couple of days away from that season opening loss to the Rams, and as the Bears take this time to kind of find answers to some serious problems, we're ready to kick off another game week. That's right, we're officially on to week two. The 1-0 Cincinnati Bengals are coming to town this Sunday after their overtime win over the Minnesota Vikings. So what type of challenge are we up for here this week? Well, that's what this episode is all about. I'm your DeWitt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, and the two of us had the chance to sit down with the Athletics' Jay Morrison on Monday evening to pick his brain on all things Bengals. Nick, how you doing, man? Hanging in there this week. I know these short turnarounds sometimes are pretty tough after a loss, but personally, I'm actually feeling energized, ready to go, ready to roll up the sleeves, get to work, and provide Bears fans all the information that they need heading into this next game, which all starts right now. How you doing?
2: I'm doing great, Will. I mean, it's only week one. We just got done with that, you know, not too long ago. So we should be energized. The Bears have another chance to potentially get a win against the Cincinnati Bengals. And we have a great guest in Jay Morrison to provide all that content. So make sure you guys go to theathletic.com and read all of his work leading
1: up to this Sunday matchup. That's like my biggest takeaway, actually, because we did this interview before we're recording the rest of the episode. And Jay is such a knowledgeable guy when it comes to the Bengals and football in general and he was pretty confident in the direction that this Bengals team is heading a team that had the seventh overall pick a year ago but on both sides of the ball I felt a strong sense of confidence that he believes that this team is going to be totally different than a year ago is there anything that you wanted to kind of preface this show with before we jump into that interview
2: the only thing I'll say, and it really doesn't have much to do with it, but Andy Dalton, Cincinnati, it's happening. This is a storyline that we we'll have to watch out for just to see what happens in Sunday's game. But, yes, you guys are in for a treat because Jay, like Will was saying, very knowledgeable about this Bengals team. It will give you all the insight of what you need to know
1: going into Sunday's game. All right. With that, here is our interview with the Athletics' Jay Morrison. All right, Bears fans, we have on Jay Morrison, Bengals beat writer for The Athletic and co-host of Hear That Growin' podcast, pretty much a walking encyclopedia of all things Bengals, and we're so thrilled <laughs> to have you on, Jay. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to help us meet the Bengals. How's your Monday going?
0: Uh, it, it's busy. It's still going. I thought it would be done by this time, but I am not, but it's, uh, it's good. I'm, I'm glad to be writing about real football instead of speculative football. I'm glad the season's here.
1: Uh, All three of us can definitely get behind that sentiment. So I'm just going to jump in. We just have a few questions on each side of the ball to kind of get your take on what type of Bengals team the Bears are up against here in week two. And I'll just start things off. This Bears defense last night on Sunday, they gave up. Plenty of big plays. And the Bengals themselves had a few big plays in the passing game. Jamar Chase, he looked real good. Uh, So did T. Higgins. I believe you guys had four different players to average at least 10 yards Per reception, and it took a while, but Cincinnati as well was able to kind of get that running game going. They had 32 dropbacks, 37 rushing attempts. So, a very balanced attack for a team that was a little bit more pass heavy a year ago. An offense that wasn't really explosive, just like the Bears was in the 2020 season, but definitely showed some more explosive capabilities. In week one against the Vikings, I'm just curious, Jay, what type of attack do you expect the Bengals to bring to Chicago and what type of identity are the Bengals trying to build so far in offense with Joe Burrow coming back from his injury?
0: Yeah, I don't think we know that yet. I, I, there's so much of the opener is about catching the, the opponent off guard and surprising them a little bit, and that's what the Bengals did. They They played more 11 personnel last year than any other team in the league, and they came out and played a lot more 12 this year double tight ends uh really committed to running with the ball stuck with it not that it was bad I think they only had one negative run and that was a jet sweep to Jamar Chase where someone just missed a block but uh, you know it didn't start off great but they did stick with it and you, you know you just wonder is is that gonna be what it looks like all year I, I think it's it's more likely to look like that than just kind of a one-hit wonder I They they took a lot of criticism last year, and they know that they can't drop Joe Burrow back 45 times a game that bad things are going to happen. the worst possible thing happened last year. So I, I think what we saw, it was a career low in pass attempts for Joe Burrow yesterday, career high in yards per attempt, career high in passer rating, career high in completion percentage. That all goes together. They get the run game working. Um, it's not a great offensive line, but it's it's a line that has improved over last year. Joe Mixon has looked terrific in the pre in the preseason and in, in training camp. So I, I do think they're gonna they're gonna run with that as much as they can. And if if the if the run gets bottled up yo, maybe they do have a quick trigger and and they go back to just letting Joe cook and and just throwing it back there and having him pass it all over the place. But I do think we're going to see more of either the balanced attack or a rush heavy attack in week two.
2: Jay, you wrote about Zach Taylor's fourth down gambles in your article on Sunday. How does Taylor's mindset to go for it on fourth down kind of reflect the identity of this current Bengals team?
0: Well, it's funny. Um, I guess they're getting adjusted to it. Uh, Jesse Bates, their star safety today admitted that he was pissed off that they went for that. And he said, it is what it is. A lot of guys weren't happy with that call, but Zach came over, gathered the team on the sideline, said, this is who we're going to be this year. We're going to be a progressive. We're going to go for on fourth downs. We're going to call zero blitzes here and there. This is the identity we want to have. And so, you know, they're, they're going to have to get used to it. Um, it's it's not totally out of character when he when he said this is where who we're gonna be this year. It's really who Zach's been since he got here. The the Bengals have are tied for the second most fourth down attempts um, since 2019 when he took over. Now a lot of that's because they were losing games a lot in the third and fourth quarter, and you just kinda have to go for it on fourth downs, but not all of them. He he's gone for it on fourth down a number of times in the first and second quarters, and and they've had great success going for it on fourth down. So I just think it all kind of plays in that it's who he wants to be. He's big on analytic analytics. This is not a gut thing at all with him. Um, it, it is a gamble, but I don't think he views it as a gamble. They, they are really high on the analytics, and he's got guys in the booth, and they're talking about – you know, if it's first and 10 on their own 40, they're like, hey, we need to get to the 47 and then we're going to go for it on fourth down. This is all kind of pre-planned out. That chatter is going on in the headset before they even get to that fourth down decision so that he's not thinking on the fly. So I, I do think that, you know, we're, we're going to see it now. Maybe if games become more important in November and December and maybe he tightens up a little bit, and he doesn't quite go for it as much as he has. But um, I think the offense loves it. Not sure how much the defense likes it.
2: You know, I think uh, Matt Nagy could take a play out of Zach Taylor's you know, book on the fourth down and how to approach it because he went 0-4 last night against the Rams. But to move on from the fourth down talk, a big question about the Bengals coming into this offseason. Was their offensive line, they could protect Joe Burrow, gave up five sacks. Other than the box score of what happened yesterday against the Vikings, what else can you tell us about the current Bengals offensive line and where they're at currently after one week?
0: Well, you know, Zach said it today. They, uh, two of those five sacks were on the offensive line, so the other ones were on the rest of the crew. I think there was two that uh, Samaj AP Ryan, who's the backup running back to Joe Mixon, just missed a blitz pickup, and um, I can't remember what, how the other one came about off the top. Of my, I think it was a free runner, actually. That nobody picked up. But they, they've got Jonah Williams, their first-round pick from a couple years ago. He missed all of his rookie year. He only played 10 games last year. They, they are counting on him big time to be the anchor of that line and really establish himself as an elite left tackle in this league then they've got a guy that bears fans probably know pretty well in riley reef um after all those years in minnesota they signed him in free agency he's the right tackle and then trey hopkins has been their center for a long time he unseated 2018 first round pick billy price beat him out as the starter and then the bengals traded billy price this offseason uh the big question for this team is it guard and they, they drafted Jackson Carmen in the second round with the full intention of him being their starting right tackle. The kid came in, just wasn't in shape, wasn't ready. was coming off surgery, uh, wasn't quite, you know, proving that he knew how to be a pro. And so it, it's not to say he's not going to eventually take over that job at some point. But right now they're going to veterans at guards. Quentin Spain I think will be the left guard for the for the duration of the season. But that right guard spot's really kind of up in the air right now. It's Xavier Suafilo. Um, he's, he's played a number of years in the league. He's he's not going to blow assignments that are going to get Joe Burrow killed. But there's a lot to be desired there. And, and that's where we saw a lot of the pressure. The tackles were great. Reef and Williams didn't give up any pressures yesterday. All the pressure that Minnesota got him was up the middle against Hopkins and the guards.
1: Okay, in just a moment, we're going to pick Jay's brain about this Bengals defense, get his take on what they did Sunday against the Vikings. But first, Nick, you have a message for our listeners from our friends over at Manscaped. Attention
2: listeners from across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pub problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch that can engage a travel lock, and is even waterproof. Inside this package, you'll find the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Fansided20. At Manscaped.com, that's 20% off, plus free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at
1: Manscaped.com. For a clean, trendy, and beyond, your Spaceballs will thank you. Let's flip it over to this Bengals def- defense, and I want to focus on the defensive line. We can stay in the trenches here. Based on what I saw them do against the Vikings, guys like Trey Hendrickson, Cameron Sample, and B.J. Hill, they all seem poised to have another solid game uh, against the Bears. The defensive line had a combined 21 pressures to go along with 12 hurries and five quarterback hits. I think they kept Dalvin Cook about three yards per carry, about 61 yards total on the day. That's no easy feat uh, whatsoever. Uh, based off what you saw in camp and preseason, did this defensive line success? Uh, surprise you and uh, is this what you expected from this unit
0: I would say neither I don't I don't think it surprised me but it's not quite what I expected it this team has been bad against the run for so long it's been bad defensively for so long and so much of what was going on in camp early was the cornerbacks were really playing well and they, they had they played a big role in why Joe Burrow struggled so early in camp the defensive line has looked great, and yet they've had injuries. They drafted Joseph Osai in the third round. He's out for the year um, with a knee injury. They drafted um, Wyatt Hubert in the seventh round. He's out for the year for a pec injury. So they they really tried to beef up that D-line, and then they get crushed with injuries, which is another reason why they traded Billy Price, because they got B.J. Hill to plug in there at a defensive tackle position. Um, it, it's funny because cover, I've covered this team since 2012, and it was always just a – a, tr- a treat, a privilege to watch Geno Atkins just wreck game plans in the middle of that line. Um, Larry Joby, and DJ Reader aren't quite on that level, but they were something else yesterday. And, and I think if, if you have a line, an offensive line that is not really good, they can really not just push the pocket and affect the pass game, but they can really shut down run game, the run game too, as we saw Dalvin Cook, I, I think it was the third lowest rushing average of his career, 3.05 yards per carry. Um, just they, they did a great job against him. Um, I think everybody expected to see improvement this year from that D-line, but, but nothing like that. That was really impressive yesterday.
1: I'd be curious your thoughts on just the defense in general. What I saw was a very tenacious defense playing with a lot of energy, really feeding off that home crowd there yesterday in Cincinnati. And they kept everything in front of them besides a few big plays. And I thought by and large, they were able to limit some yards after the catch. Uh, What's just your level of assessment? Like how well did they play? And is there like an area uh, of weakness that the bears could potentially exploit come Sunday?
0: Yeah, they did play really well. And the, 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 Fan energy was a big thing. I think that's something that, you know, could flip here, that the Bears were on the road, they come home. These, these guys haven't played in front of full houses, I don't, think. I don't think. I think there was a few teams that had full houses last year, but I don't think Chicago did. I know the Bengals didn't. Um, it really did make a difference. And especially on a day here in Cincinnati, it was getting around 87, 88 degrees toward the end of that game. And, and you're in overtime, you're playing 70 full minutes. Those guys were gassed. And I think the fans really did kind of, drive that that defensive performance um I don't know if there is a weak spot I'm not saying that it's a great defense but I I think it's just a well-constructed defense you've got a lot of solid pieces in there a big question has always been the linebackers this franchise is as I said before they've struggled forever to to stop the run they've struggled to shut down tight ends and a lot of that comes down to the linebackers but Logan Wilson they took him in the third round last year everybody's been raving about him we did a a poll of scouts within the organization and coaches and players and ask everybody who they thought was going to be a breakout candidate. And the overwhelming pick on defense was Logan Wilson, their middle linebacker, Jermaine Pratt is in his third year. He was a third round pick the year before Logan Wilson. He's really coming on. So we talked about the defensive line. I talked about the the corners, the linebackers are improved. And then you've got arguably the best safety tandem in the league, Jesse Bates, right there in the conversation for best safety in the league. And Von Bell is a veteran in this league. He came in last year after signing a deal with the Saints. The Bengals instantly made him a captain. You don't see that very often that a guy joins a team in free agency and has commands that kind of respect in the locker room where where he's named a captain right away. So I'm not sure there's a a glaring weakness on this defense. Not the the 85 Bears by any means, (laughs) but it's you know it, you, you're going to have issues you're going to be able to attack them i still think they they've really struggled for years giving up the big play um they didn't give up any huge ones yesterday but you know, it's that's it, it, always there. They they like to be aggressive. They like to have if this then that type of mentality. And you do have young guys over there and it leads to some blown assignments. And that's where those big plays come from and uh, going on the road and, and not having that home crowd behind. them. that's the one thing I'm I'm interested to see Sunday in Chicago is if they can continue to limit the big explosive plays. Now,
2: Jay, you've been covering this team since 2012, so you're going to be very familiar with the quarterback that's that the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> see at Soldier Field and Andy Dalton. I just, I'm curious, what are your what are your thoughts on Dalton, the, this current situation he's in with Field? Just, yeah, what are your thoughts on Andy Dalton?
0: I mean, one of my favorite guys ever. He was so good to us, and he's not the greatest quote. You know, he's kind of <laughs> kind of drew the nickname Blandy Dalton when it came to his press conferences because he's not going to say a whole lot, but he's a terrific guy. I I think he's a, a really good quarterback that can that can win you games and and get you into the postseason if you have talent around him. I mean, he's never going to be that Tom Brady type that just puts a team on his back and carries him to greatness. Um, so I, I haven't dug into the Bears too much to see what exactly he's got around him. I know David Montgomery, the running back here, he's from right here in Cincinnati, um, but I I'm I'm as interested, I think, as everybody in Chicago is at how long Andy's going to hold on to that starting job. That would be my question for you guys is how short is that leash? I know the fans are ready for Justin Fields to jump in there right now. And as an Ohio State fan, I'm I'm interested in seeing how he's going to do as well. But I I think Andy deserves the shot.
1: Mm, Interesting. Okay, that's really great insight. Thank you for sharing that, Blandy. Uh, That's a nice little (laughs) nugget that I was not expecting here on this show. Uh, Jay, is there anything else that we should know about this Bengals team uh, that we haven't really talked about, whether that be offense, defense, special teams that you learned or that you took away from yesterday's game that we should definitely be keeping in our radar as we continue our preparations for this upcoming matchup?
0: Yeah, the wild card, rookie kicker Evan McPherson. Um, The last two years, this team had second half leads, 2019 in Seattle. Randy Bullock misses a field goal. They probably win that game if he doesn't miss that field goal last year against the chargers at home joe burrow's debut they get a game-winning touchdown to aj green the officials call offensive pass interference take the touchdown off the board so they have to kick a field goal to go to overtime it's a gimme it's shorter than an extra point and he totally shanks it and he says both of his cabs seized up and i don't know if it was excuses or what it was but you know if, if they have a decent kicker they start 0- oh and they start one and oh the last two seasons they go out and they draft Evan McPherson out of Florida this year. He's been incredible in the in the preseason. He he hits the upper half of the net for, on 50-yard field goals. He's just got this thunderous leg. So he comes in, and, yeah, he, he made everything in the preseason. He only missed three kicks in all of training camp and OTAs because it was an open competition with uh, last year's kicker, Austin Seibert, who eventually replaced Randy Bullock when things got too bad with him. And Evan McPherson comes in in his NFL debut – makes a 53-yarder in the second half and then kicks the game-winner Kid has never kicked a game, never attempted a game winning field goal at any level, high school, college, NFL, his NFL debut. It's five seconds left in overtime with the team's hopes on the on the line. And he just drills it right down the middle. They pick him up and carry him around for a little bit. Uh, He is the wild card. They have not had a kicker like this in a long, long time. And if this is a close game, he could be a difference maker.
1: I liked how you phrased it, thunderous leg. I think any (laughs) fan of any football team wants a kicker uh, described exactly (laughs) as that. So, Jay, I know your time's limited. I just have one more question. It's a two-parter for you. Uh, My last question for you, the first part of it is, what will it take for the Bengals to win? I know it's early in the week. uh, So what are some keys to the game, or what's the formula for a Bengals win in week two?
0: I think it's more of what we saw in week one, you know, a good balance of the run and the pass. Um, as good as Joe Burrow is, he's even better when, when he can play off a of play action. And if, you, if you've if you got that running game threat, which you're always going to have with Joe Mixon back there, that it just opens everything up. The, the one hole in this team's game last year, in Joe Burrow's game, was the deep ball. They just couldn't go over the top, number one, because they were afraid of getting him slaughtered with a bad offensive line. And, and number two, it was just, you you, you just, are constantly throwing and it's just get the ball out quick, get the ball out quick. The defenses are looking for it. There's no way you're going to hit anybody over the top. Now with Mixon being a realistic threat, you know, we saw it with the, the chase, the 50 yard bomb to him. I think everybody exhaled with that. Not only because he had all these drops in the preseason, but just, it was like, okay, there's the Joe burrow that everybody saw in college hitting those big deep balls over the top. So uh, I think that's, that's the big key is, get in the run game going. And I know almost every football team, almost every analyst says that, establish the run, but it truly is in play here because, because of how good Joe Burrow is anyhow and how how he ascends to a new level when he's got that threat of a running game.
1: All right, great stuff there. And my last final part of this two-part question uh, is going to be, what will it take for the Bears to come away with the victory? What does it take for the Bengals to lose?
0: Uh, I think sacks and turnovers. You know, Joe Burrow did take those five sacks. He came off the field limping after one of them. He was um, kind of rolling his shoulder around a little bit. They insist there's nothing there. Uh, The limp wasn't from the knee. It was from the ankle. But uh, like any other quarterback, you hit that guy enough and and you're going to rattle him a little bit. And then the turnovers, the Bengals did not have a turnover against the Vikings. They They had a lot of turnovers last year. Um, it's again, it's something that's kind of the key in every game, but if, if the bears can take the ball away and, and, and kind of, even if they don't sack Joe Burrow a lot, if they just get a lot of hits on him, um, I I think they can wear this offense down and turn it into kind of an ugly, kind of a grinder game. And, um, yeah, the Bengals have that weapon with, with Evan McPherson, but if it's a close game, I think that the home crowd might be enough to push the bears over the top.
1: There you go. Great stuff there, Jay. Thanks again uh, for your time. and know super busy schedule, so we appreciate each and every minute uh, that you shared with us to help us meet our week two opponent, the Cincinnati Bengals. Thanks again.
0: All right. Good talking to you guys.
1: Wow, Nick, that was some real solid stuff there from Jay, as we expected. I'm just curious, what is perhaps your biggest takeaway that he left you with that maybe will help you prepare for you know our preparations for this game preview podcast that we'll have here in a couple of days? You know, I think it has to be Zach Taylor and that
2: Cincinnati Bengals mentality, especially when they see fourth down. So this Bears defense has to be ready to potentially play another down of defense because this is a coach that has gone for a fourth down attempt in his first two years, second most in the NFL. So that's something that the Bears need to be prepared for. And Sean Desai's defense that had a pretty letdown performance against the Rams, they have to make sure and account for that in Sunday's matchup against
1: the Bengals. Yeah, really good takeaway. I just had Blandy Dalton uh, in my in my notes <laughs> as he's talking. It. So, yep. So we were both on our A game without a doubt. But that'll do it, Bears fans. Thank you for tuning into this episode. We really do appreciate the time that you shared with us, and I hope that you've enjoyed listening to Jay as much as we did interviewing him. The next time you hear from us, it'll be our in-depth preview of this Week Two Bears Bengals matchup. So, what are the biggest areas of focus in all three phases? Who are the X-Factors, or as Nick would do it, what are the X-Factors heading into this one, and who do we think will win the game? We'll discuss that and a whole lot more next time, but until then, bear down, Chicago. (laughs)